Thank you for joining me for another Joe Trust podcast. It's the 1st of December. Um, lockdown 2 ends tomorrow. Uh, it's been all around pretty grim time, but I've just had um, a very enlightening conversation with a wonderful person called Carol Close. I still do struggle with things, um, and I'm not afraid to say that, you know. It is it is every single day. It's, it's just still a struggle. It's still really hard, um, and it always will be. Carol is the regional lead for Dogbite Staffordshire, hashtag Luke's Legacy. But she is absolutely, first and foremost, a mum who is coming to terms as best she can with the loss of her son in August 2019 uh, in a tragic motorcycle accident. Carol and I hope that people find through stories like ours that they're not alone in grief. And by talking and sharing, um, you may find or develop the tools necessary to learn to walk with grief when it hits hardest. So let's get to meet Carol and shine a light on the wonderful work of the Dog Bite charity and explore the fact that time offers perspective rather than healing where our type of loss is concerned. Yeah, so um, Dot Bike Staffordshire, hashtag Luke's Legacy, um, came about after uh, the loss of my son Luke last year in a motorcycle accident. Um, I'm the regional manager for Staffordshire, which means basically, although it's a grand title, um, it just means doing a lot of running around, phone calls and everything else at the minute. Um, it's a new charity in the area uh, and to be honest it's um, it's the first of its kind. Um, the dot bike was an idea that came about when uh, Dr Ian Mew and Chris Smith kept meeting at uh, motorcycle events regarding safety down in Dorset and hence the uh, the name dot bike came because Dr Ian Mew had the motorcycle and he used to hang the keys up um, and because the word dock bike was too long, it, uh, sorry, the doctor's bike was too long, it was shortened and came to dock bike on the, you know, when he hung the keys up. So small things happen like that. Um, within Staffordshire, with Luke being a police officer, um, things really took off. Um, and you po- probably won't know, but the, the motorcycle community in Staffordshire is very close. Um, they all look after each other. Uh, and if a biker goes down or anything, then, you know, things come out. And like I say, they always have each other's backs. Um, That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was only the one in the country which was down in Dorset, like I say, Um but the boys who rode together, there was a group of motorcyclists. They're all police officers, but on you know off duty, they all rode together in a group, and they already knew about the dot bike charity. Although there wasn't any involvement, they knew that it existed. So um, it, it all stemmed from that when uh, we actually lost Luke. We were looking for something to donate money to that reflected him and his his personality, which was in others. 
you know, um, and that's what we decided as a family to do was to any monies that were raised that would go down to dock bike. Um, and then mum in her wisdom thought, well, you know, why, why can't we have a dock bike here in Staffordshire? And that's basically where it all started. I looked on the website and did some research and obviously I've had a chat with Rob as well. And the stats are, are really, you know, I mean, six motorcyclists killed weekly, is it, on a, on a national level? I mean, it's incredible, really, isn't it? Luke was a serving police officer, but not a police biker. Is that right? That's right. Yes, he was on what yeah. they call the Northern Area Response. Um, and so basically they're the first ones out to any incidents. Um but he was he was just he was wonderful. So he, he everybody loved him. He just got the genuine cheeky chappy, you know, with with such a big heart. So motorbikes were just a serious hobby, weren't they? Really? Yes. Yeah. He'd always had motorcycles. Always been interested. So it was just a way that they they seemed to unwind and enjoy each other's company and you know, go for a ride out. Yeah, yeah. And had he always wanted to be a police officer? Was that a, a sort of lifelong ambition? Um, he wanted to follow, he wanted to be, he'd always said when he was small that he wanted to be like his brother um, and Adam's a police officer. So um, it just seemed that they just seemed to go that way, you know. They always wanted to help others um, and... Uh, Luke was in the control room for a while first. He used to take the 999 calls and dispatch people, you know, to, to jobs, as they called and things. Um, and then eventually, luckily, he ended up on the same shift as his brother. So they both worked at Hanley together. And not long before um, Luke's accident, he... Uh, I had a conversation with him, with him, which I'm forever grateful for. Um, and one day it was just me and Luke and we were talking. And I, I can't remember how it started, but I just said to him, well, all I want to you, you know, is just to, to make sure that you're happy. And he said, Mum, I am happy. You know, we, I've, I've got everything. I've got Abby, which is Lucky's wife. Um, they've been together since they were at high school. Um, and he said, and I've got my family and I love you all, you know, and I know you love me. Um, and he said, and I've got my dream job. And that was, that was everything. I'm so glad, like I say, I managed to get that conversation. Those conversations are, are just so crucial, aren't they? So important. Yes. I think you've got to tell your kids you love them every day. That's the important yes. thing. Can you tell us a little bit about um, how the Dock Bike Charity uh, raises funds? Is there a particular type of donation that you tend to see more than others? Yeah, we have different ways, really. Uh, um, the, the majority of it really does come through um, engagement at bike events. And, and bikers are very generous. They have got big hearts. Um, and if you've got a box in your hand or a box on the desk where you're talking or whatever, you can guarantee that one of them will come along and give generously to you. Um, but we've just launched today a campaign, actually, where we're uh, hoping that people will donate on a regular basis. Um, and we're just asking if people could donate £2 a month. We do that with the Joe Gilligan Trust. The uh, monthly donations have proved 
really successful. I think that's a sensible move um, and something that you could advertise on the website. So the dock bike isn't actually part of Staffordshire Police. It's an independent charity that's, that's not really connected to the police in any formal way. Uh, unfortunately, when you come to motorbiking, um, if a motorcyclist sees a police officer, I'm afraid it's, uh, it, it puts them off straight away. I suppose um, they're seen as the enemy, are they? That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yes, uh, Staffordshire Police donated the bike in Luke's memory um, and they maintain it and insure it and everything like that for us. Um, but it isn't actually part of Staffordshire Police. It's a separate entity right. altogether. Um, but they are wonderful. And without the support of all Luke's friends and colleagues, they've raised phenomenal amount of money for us. Um, yeah. And even over the last month, we've had uh, a 100,000 step challenge um, where there was six people, including Luke's wife and his sister, they walked almost 50 miles in one day, walked to Congleton wow. and back. Yeah. Yeah. And then last week we had a young gentleman, Mike, who's another friend of Luke's. He ran 30 kilometres from Newcastle through to Stafford Police Headquarters and then did his nine-hour noon shift. So... People are crazy, but that suits Luke's personality and his memory. And that's what I've heard about Luke from his friends, from people like Charlotte and Dan Rowley, that he had a big heart and a warm personality. And I think there's lots of similarities with my Joe and Luke. I think they were both really big characters that were well loved by their friends. And I think it helps us as parents in the situation that we're in when friends and family and colleagues rally around and, and fundraise and help and are just such fantastic supports. Yes, yeah. It does make you, it makes friends become family, you know, and it, and it really does. And, and you know that the support is there all the time. Um, and like I say, although we are not part of Staffordshire Police, they help in any way and every way that they can to push this in Luke's memory. And not only that, it's, it's the road safety. Um, I think in some ways, it made Staffordshire Police look at what they actually do for bike road safety. Um, you know, it's uh, it's had a knock-on effect through Staffordshire. Um, and fortunately for us, it is going on now and more dot bikes are coming out in other regions in the country. And when you look at the stats, of course, it's not predominantly the inexperienced riders who are having these accidents, is it? Yes, it, when you do look um, at the stats and you... Um, you know, you go in, in depth a little more. Um, a lot of the accidents actually are in the age group, which is 40 to 60. Um, and they are yeah. people with bigger motorbikes. Um, right. And the younger ones, um, believe it or not, aren't the ones that are at highest risk majority of the time. That's interesting, isn't it? Because you would have thought the opposite, wouldn't you? Yes, yeah, yes, yes, you would. Oh. But unfortunately, with a motorbike, you have no roll bars, you have no seat belts. There's nothing that protects you. So uh, in the event of yeah. an accident, yeah. very often it, it is fatal. It's good to hear you speak so positively about the police. Have they been a support to you throughout all this? Oh, yes. Yeah, they really do. Um, I mean, we've always been, I suppose, a police family in a lot of ways. 
Um, my granddad was a police officer when they had straw hats still, um, which is a long time ago. And I, I didn't ever meet him. <laughs> I just hence to, to put that in there. I never got the chance to meet him. Um, and like I said, you know, the, the boys, Adam was um, a special constable first and then a PCSO. Um, but yes, I can't speak highly enough of Staffordshire Police. And the police in general, they're not always the bad guys. I, I uh, you know, I, I really disagree with that, that, uh, you know, they they say they're, they're racist and then it's, it's something else, you know, and it just, um, they're just like me and you. They're just people that go out to do a job every day uh, and try to keep us safe. Absolutely. And they do get a very unfair and a very bad press from certain areas of the community. Yes, it's um, it's not a job that I could do, I'm afraid. <laughs> Has the connection with Doc Bike helped in any way to to manage your grief, Carol, and manage your day-to-day ability to cope? Has it become a coping strategy for the family? Yes, for myself more so, I think, than... Um, than anything else and I think Adam's very much the same um I don't know where I'd be if I hadn't had the dot back to concentrate on to be honest um because in some ways um it may sound strange but in some ways it keeps alive to me it's it's something that's a part of him that I can concentrate on um and and I just feel that I'm doing something for him you know, even though it's in Luke's memory, it does on a daily basis. I, I like to get up and I like to check the emails. And when I see positive things happening and positive comments and things, and I think it, it's all it's all based around Luke. Um, and, it, and it really is. It's, it is something to channel my thoughts and everything about him into. Um, and it does keep me going in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not because, I mean, losing the most precious thing in your life, which is obviously your child, is not something you ever get over. You just learn to walk with it, don't you? Um, yes. And, and yeah. I think, you know, that's exactly how I feel about our charity and that you, it just, it, it's not a fix, but it's, it, it's like almost like a, an aid, isn't it? You just, it just, just helps you to get through the day basically yes that's right it's it's my coping mechanism in a lot of ways um and and that's how I deal with it um but I didn't realize at the time just what a difference it could make you know small things um like with Rob we go out before um, a couple of the courses, the bike safe courses, and we go out and just say who we are um, and give a small talk. And when, you know, I speak and say like as Luke's mum, it, um, it does make people sit up and look in a different light, um, you know, and I, it's, it's like a couple of people have come at the end of the chat and said, well, I'd like to sign up and, you know, do an advanced motorcycle course. And that's that's made that difference straight away. You know, if if you only get that at a couple of the courses, then it straight away that's that's like all your work that you've put in so far, that's that's your payment for it. 
just so someone can do an advanced course, you know, and hopefully at the end of the day, they can, they can go home to their families. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely agree. It's interesting. It's it's amazing how similar our situation is. Because if I often speak to people, once once you stand up and you say you you you're someone's mum or dad, I think it changes the whole profile of the whole thing, really. Um, because it it suddenly becomes very real to people, doesn't it? Um, you know, we're not there as fundraisers or you know professional charity people. We're just there as parents. That's right, yes. Yeah, and I think then people do sort of think, you know, there for the grace of God go I kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and it, it, it does, like you say, once you say your mum or your dad, then it does make a, a big difference. Um, and that in some ways is, I think, where we're lucky in, in Staffordshire Um that people are, like I say, a community. They're close. We're not distanced. And everybody seems to know somebody in Staffordshire, especially in Stoke-on-Trent. Uh, somebody's auntie or uncle always knows somebody. Um, yeah, and it's always a snowball effect, which is, it, it is. The, the biking community, like I say, are, are really wonderful. They really are. And I think it's great that you are, beginning to make headway and working part in partnership with Staffordshire Police. And I think if you can continue to develop that connection, it can only be a healthy partnership. And how did it begin? How did you first um, connect with Staffordshire Police? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I taking Rob as an example, I um, just contacted Rob via email um, and that was before the, um, the charity egg run, uh, Chris, sorry, it was the toy run last Christmas. That was right. Um, and Rob Gilligan was just someone that I emailed and made contact with to sort some details out. But then, you know, I, I now count Rob as, as a good friend and part of the Dot Bite charity along with, you know, myself and many of the others. Um, we work together and, and he's great. He's, he's a lovely guy. Um, yeah. and he does a lot for us. Oh, it's nice to hear. It really is. Now, we have a high percentage of listeners to the JGT podcast who are younger people. Is there a message that you'd like to get out there to somebody who's possibly thinking of um, buying a motorbike and um, starting that uh, journey into becoming a biker? I think that um, just going back quickly to the older riders, I think the thing is with that, it's... Um, overconfidence in some ways yeah um people go home the same route every day after work and things like that um and you just you're just going home you never think that the road conditions or uh, a lorry that isn't used to that area or a you know a vehicle of any kind and i think sometimes like i say that's that's what happens um but as for young people who are just going to start out on their their pathway um i just i just really really hope that when you start out you take any courses that you can watch videos talk to people taking all the knowledge that you can um and and basically before you sort of invest any money into a motorcycle invest in yourself first make sure that you've got all the right equipment don't go out in your shorts and your t-shirt 
make sure that you've got the best gear, the best that you can afford that's going to keep you safe. Um, and if you're struggling for a, you know, someone says, what do you want for your birthday or what do you want for Christmas? Don't have something that's going to sit in the cupboard. You know, just say, could you buy me a gift voucher that go towards an advanced riding uh, course for me? Anything like that, really. Don't be overconfident. Don't think that it's not going to happen to you. Because I thought that. I thought it, it's not something that happens to people like me. But it, it does happen to you. It does, absolutely. Yeah, it no, really it's very, does. very, very sound advice. Tell me, tell me a little bit about Luke then. You've said he was a, a fun character, larger than life. Um, is that fair to say? Yes, yeah. Luke was, um, I always say he was born funny. He was just, um, he was just a character. He, um, he always had a smile and he could never, he could never just sit down and not pull a funny face or do a funny dance or anything like that. He'd always been a character and he was so lovable. Um, uh, but he was, he was a really genuine guy and with the biggest heart, he'd help anybody. Um, and he was the one that and when they were on duty um, and they had a really bad day and things were really dark, he was the one that could always lift people's spirits and, um, with his just his funny ways, he's just so wonderful. Um, and he was a, he's always been a brilliant son. We've never had any problems with him. Always had his motorbikes. Used to rev his motorbike up in the morning on his before he went to work. Uh, much to the annoyance of his little sister, because he did it right outside her bedroom window. Yeah, yeah. Um, but really genuine. He met his wife Abby when he was at school. Um, yeah. And they stayed together, and they got married on their tenth uh, anniversary. The, oh. the first time they had a date, which was the uh, Halloween, yeah. Um, yeah. And then that they actually got married on uh, Halloween, um, which was wonderful, really. Oh, um, that's really nice. Yeah, that's really nice. but he he was like I say, really big character, and he is sorely missed by everyone. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I'm sure he is. Is, is there anything, any advice that, that you were given early on, Carol, in terms of coping with your with that loss and that grief that sticks in your mind as being memorable? Or were you just in that kind of whirlwind place of shock and disorientation? No, I was, I was very much, um, as you say, just lost, really. Just didn't know um, what to do. I didn't want to speak to anybody about it and I still find it hard now because um, not as much talking about Luke but it's coming to terms with it in you, within yourself um, it's hard not to think you know oh, they're, they're still coming home or I don't know how you feel um, further down the line than we are but I find it still hard to believe no we just we're 10 years now since we lost Joe and um, I still have moments normally early hours of the morning where you have almost like a, I suppose a mini panic attack where you, you know, it's disbelief, I suppose. Um, and then it passes and it's almost like a pack of cards falling into place as your mind sorts it out. Um, but, and I don't think that, I don't think it'll ever stop Carol. I think that'll always be the same. Um, it is that kind of disbelief. Yeah. Um, 
because they were so young. I mean, Joe was 20. How old was Luke? Luke was 28. 28, yeah. It's very, very young. I mean, Joe Joe became unwell at 18. Yes. Uh, and he, he, he battled a um, malignant brain tumor for two years, and then we lost him. Uh, he was 20 in the June, and we lost him in the September. Mm. Um, and you just find yourself in that kind of, I don't know, lost. you just lost, aren't you, really? Um, yes, yeah. And it's very easy to take your eye off yourself, and you forget to look after yourself, and you forget – you forget what day it is, really, don't you? You're just in a crazy place. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just seem to lose, lose. Um, as you say, you lose yourself, really. Um, yeah. Um, I don't work at the moment. I was working um, in care, looking after um, children and young adults with life-limiting illnesses and things and complex yeah. care. And because I couldn't give... A hundred percent of me, um, I didn't feel it was right, so so I drew back from that for now. But um, yes, I do find I just get, um, you know, if you hear a motorbike or something, I still sort of try and look at the eyes, and um, yeah. it, yes. it is, yeah, it is strange. Yeah. Um, it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's strange what your mind does for you, you know, yeah. and. Uh, like you say, it'll never go away. But in some ways, I never want that to go away because no, it, absolutely, it's just something that something that happens, and it's something that in a not in a strange way, but in some way, it it does make you go back a little bit, um, mm. and you sort of feel that there's not. I don't really know how to explain it. It's a bit like there's like that little bit of hope somewhere, that little bit of light, you know, uh, and that's what I cling on to sometimes. Rightly or wrongly, that works for me. You're listening to the Joe Gilligan Trust podcast with this week's guest, Carol Close. Are there any situations that really trigger your grief, Carol? Um, obviously, we've got Christmas on the horizon, um, or is the whole thing just still very raw? At, at the minute, it's still very, very raw, and it is still very, very, you know, constant. And uh, every time you you open your eyes, and you know, in the morning and things, I still do struggle with things, um, and I'm not afraid to say that. You know, it is, it is every single day it's it's just still a struggle it's still really hard um and it always will be it's as you said earlier you know your most treasured possessions your children um and nobody comes before them uh and that'll never you know never change with Luke even though he isn't here in body anymore he, he is still part of the family he is still my son but it does get easier to talk about I couldn't have done this and spoke to you you know only a few months ago I couldn't have done this because I wouldn't have coped but I can do it now because I I have to stop it happening to other people with motorcyclists in the family and and that's how I do get on and that is how I cope with it at the minute if if I can sort of get the message over and if as a family and as a charity dog bike can save other motorcyclists and their families from going through such a tragedy then that's what it's all about yeah and i think that's the 
the sort of positive that we've got to focus on, haven't we? And I think that I think that Luke's legacy and what's come out of this tragic situation has been a really positive thing. And I think if, as you said, if if it can save one accident and one life, crikey, it's more than worth it, isn't it? Well, that's that's it. Yes, and and everything that we do, like I say, and everything that's a, a positive, you know, what a legacy that is yeah. in in Luke's name, um, and that's what we want to achieve. Yeah. Uh, and thankfully, you know, in in some ways, of out of us in Staffordshire starting with the motorbike, there's uh, now we have two motorbikes in Wales, and there's one in Northamptonshire. So hopefully we can get it rolling in, in more regions. Um, and just looking at the stats from Dot Bike UK, what um, they've already had back now that there's, you know, there's bikes out there, there is an improvement already just with that, that amount of bikes. So if we can get them all through the country, hopefully, you know, we can save a lot of lives. Definitely. Because, I mean, clearly from what you were saying, Luke wasn't an inexperienced rider. So it can, you know, it can happen to anybody, can't it? Even the most experienced Oh, yes, yeah. So if you're a motorcyclist of any age, you're listening to this podcast and you want to get some training, would it be best to go to the Doc Bike Charity website, Carol, or are there other contact details you can share with us? Yeah, you can contact, have a look at the Doc Bike Charity website web page that's at dotbike.org there's all kinds of information on there um we do we are starting in staffordshire next year which is a, a course we haven't had around here which is called uh biker down where you, it's a free course and it's taught in three sections which is um the safety of the scene scene management and then there's a first aid scene where you're taught how to save another biker's life. And then the last one, the third part, is uh, how to avoid being in an accident in the first place. And Doc Bike itself, with the help of Rob and um, staff's police there again, helping us with the scene safety and all things like that, that is coming into Staffordshire next year and we have four dates for that. So if we can make all these things, if we could have um, a passport or something like that, that we could say, you know, if you do this, this and this, you could get a discounted on your insurance or anything else. Whatever we can do, we just really want to um, sort of make it, as you say, mandatory in some ways, Make put those extra bits on um, before you, you're signed off and safe to ride sounds like it's also um going some way to build bridges between the biking community and the police because as we mentioned earlier the police have been seen as the you know the enemy in some ways and, and this this sounds like it's a great way of building bridges yeah and the thing is if with the dot bike charity nobody goes as um they're dressed in their uniform um when we go to an event um we are Rob or Carol or anybody else, we are all part of the dot bike crew. Um, and if you just speak to people as you uh, and you're not there in your uniform, it makes such a big difference because the experience that the police officers have, they are some of the safest riders in the country. They've got all the knowledge yeah. uh, and they're willing to share it. And that's something that, you know, we are very, very lucky to have on board. 
Um, so that's yeah. that's like I say, there is um, unfortunately that barrier. As soon as they see the uniform, um, they'll go the other way. But once you yeah. you just Rob or you just Adam or you just anybody else, um, people come and, and come and talk to you. Um, and if you can just pass on that experience and then you say, you know, I'm, I, I, my day job kind of thing is whatever, um, it does mm. it does make a big difference. And I think it is breaking down those barriers. Um, and yeah. they're seen as educators rather than police officers in a lot of ways with the dot bike, which is what we need. Absolutely. And I think it, I think it's great that you're all trying and, and everybody's doing something because it's easy to do nothing. But everybody's trying. Everybody's trying to do their very best and to try to educate and to help young riders. I think it's a fantastic thing. And I think everything you're doing, Carol, is, you know, is wonderful. You found, you know, you found your coping strategy and you, and you are doing your absolute best um, in the worst of possible circumstances. Yeah, and I'd just like to say as well, you know, we haven't really touched on the doctors at all, but the doctor that we've got in Staffordshire um, and we've got uh, a gentleman also that's at the moment he's a paramedic but working to critical care paramedic status. All these people that are involved, all the people that get up on a Sunday morning and like myself and you know we go out and you do this short few minute talk before there's a course or anything like that all these people give the time voluntary um you know at no cost whatsoever to dot bike anyone's raise goes directly to dot bike but all these people give their time to save other people you know they they share yeah. their knowledge um, and all the years that they've worked to get their recognition and get their qualifications. And, you know, this covers all the fields of the doctors and the educators as well. Everybody is willing to give that time to others to save their lives. Um, and I think when you think of things like that and you think of maybe a critical care doctor who's working all, all week long, he's still prepared to give that time on, uh, you know, on a Sunday morning when they can be with the family and still give that time to save people's lives. I think is remarkable. I was going to ask you about the actual medics. Are they, are, are they usually bikers as well, or are there some um, healthcare professionals who, who just, who just want to help? We, we do like to make sure that they are all bikers um, because part of the role is to ride the dot bike um, and then um, they're usually bikers who've had a lot of years' experience riding motorbikes, but also they've had a lot of years of going out to scenes of accidents um, and unfortunately seen the, you know, the, the other side of it as well, um, where they're yeah, trying course, to pick up the pieces. Um, and this is the same with some of the educators that we've got, you know, some of the dot bike crew like Rob and, and Brian and people like this have spent many years um, going out to families and breaking that awful news that nobody ever wants to hear. And this is all part of what we're trying to prevent from happening. Because we have this, you know, uniquely tragic shared situations, don't we? And that we've both had sons very similar in age very similar in um, personality by the sound of it. 
Um, and I know it's very close to Rob's heart as well. Because he's, he's he's a trustee for for our charity too. Um, but I guess you know the Doc Pike kind of falls into his job as well a bit, I suppose, yeah. in some ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 great. Rob is. He's very uh, enthusiastic. He loves his bike anyway. So it's all you know to do something charitable yeah, and to do something on the back of what your your day job is. There again, like I say, I can't thank him enough. Really, and and he is fabulous. He um, he just marches in there and, and makes sure that the job gets done. He's, he's brilliant. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you want, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's great. Brilliant. I said everybody gives the time so willingly. It's um, It does take your breath away sometimes yeah. when you think that, you know, all these people, like I say, they work every week and, you know, they're all frontline and key workers um, uh, and there's just no, yeah. there's just yeah. no end to their giving. If it helps others, they just keep on giving. Uh, I guess that's all part of Luke's legacy, in that the, there's a there's a light being shone on yes. these people, give of their time and give of their expertise. Yes, yeah. Like I said it really has um, helped me to. I can't say move on because that's not right. It's to move forward and to to help to cope. Don't think there's ever a bond like parents and and the child. Um, you know whatever other relationships and friendships are, um, are forged through life's journey with people. There's never that connection like there is with, uh, you know, with a parent and the child. There's, there's nothing like the feeling of, um, I don't know, just a being empty, really. Probably a little different for me than it, than it is for you. Um, I've got uh, another son and I've got a daughter as well. Um you know, and daughters-in-law. So I've got other children to sort of be around and be with, but nobody can fill that gap that there is there. And did um, you say Luke was married to Abby? Did they did they have children or? Yes. Yeah. No, they didn't have any children. No, they. Um, They'd only been married for a couple of years, unfortunately. So, well, this uh, is, the, if you can see behind me, this is Joe with his brother, Sam. I don't know if you can see the, the picture behind me there, um, which was, uh, Joe's on chemo there, so he's bald. But uh, we, we we still couldn't stop him from going out and socialising and do what young lads do, you know, <laughs> even though he was on chemo, Steve, he fell out there. Uh, but he wanted to be. He wanted to join the police. You know, he he'd, he'd actually applied, and Rob helped him with his application. And he always looked up to Rob, and he wanted to join the police, and he wanted to, you know, that was that was his right. plan. But of course, it was cut. You know, obviously, cut short before it ever got started. So, um, but uh, he's made his difference. So he's made his difference, and through you know, through through the Joe Gilligan Trust. He's made his mark, um, however sad it was to start and whatever, you know, he, he's made his mark. We talked about mutual friendships and connections earlier, Carol. Did Luke work with um, Charlotte Rowley's husband, Dan? Is that the connection with uh, with the family? Yes, um, Adam actually, he's Luke's older brother. Um, Adam was, was, is actually a sergeant and he was... Um, 
on the shift uh, that Dan was on and then Luke came on too as well um, and Luke and Dan um, as you probably know Dan's got a strange sense of humour as well um, and something just clicked between them and I think Luke was Dan's younger brother that was rather annoying you know that's yeah. how the relationship forged really well between them yeah. um, and, and Dan helped Luke with a lot of things Luke had just got through to his firearms course um, he just passed his initial training for that and was going to go on to be a firearms officer um, oh. Oh. but unfortunately that was also something that was you know, cut short. Yeah. But we yeah. we know we'd have made it. Yeah. 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 So, but there are some great friendships um, and friendships that were forged between you know Luke and colleagues at work, and and also Adam knew the same people. But then those friendships have carried on now with us, and we can share yeah. those friends um, and really good friends as well, people that maybe 12, 16 months ago, I didn't even know or, or I'd only heard of the name, are now good friends to the family uh, and they're good friends to the Dot Bite charity as well. Oh, that's lovely to hear. That's fantastic. Yeah, there is there is certainly good in everyone, I think. There's, there's, I think even if it's, well, even if it's not true, I think it's good to, you know, believe it anyway. So, uh, but in these kind of you know situations, people's true colours tend to shine through, don't they? And um, oh yes, you know you do see some lovely yeah. people do some lovely things. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, we had phenomenal report, uh, you know, encouragement and positivity from everybody. Really, um, yeah. You know, even people that don't know anybody with a motorbike. Um, Stoke-on-Trent is a very friendly place um, and we are lucky to be part of that and, and to have the backing and support from everybody um, but the key workers like I say Staffordshire Police and the doctors and things that volunteer for us are phenomenal people can't yeah. thank them enough We're very fortunate to have them Yes, very much so We uh, daughters um, just in her final year of training to become a nurse oh. so all the family really um, are key workers yeah. and involved you know on the front line um, yeah public service so, yeah 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 we appreciate how our people do work and that's what makes it extra special with the involvement with the dot bike yeah um, yeah because we are we're all part of the same big family yeah absolutely absolutely so you're coming up to um, your second Christmas without Luke. Yes. Um, so have you got any particular way you're going to cope with that or any plans? Um, we just take it when it arrives. Mm. Last year was horrendous, as you can imagine. I'll we only bet. lost Luke the end of um, of August, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. And Christmas just came and it just went. Yeah. Um, it was very, very hard. We, we had no... Um, we had no joy in the house last Christmas. Um, we didn't have any decorations. We didn't have any tree up. Um, we just had Christmas lunch and sat together and cried together. And that's yeah. how that day went. Yeah. Um, it was just another day of grieving. Um, mm. But this year, 
Uh, I can't say it's going to be easier, but we are trying to be better about things, to be more positive about things. Um, and even You get better at coping with it. That's all that happens. Yes. I don't think, you know, you just get, it just transitions a little bit smoother than the previous year. Um, yes, yeah. Yeah, you just find a different way of um, of of dealing with things. Christmas will be forever different now. It'll never be the same as we used to have. It it can't be. Um, but we'll just cope in a different way. We try and mm-hmm. keep things in a similar routine, if you know what I mean. Yes, I do. Um, and Luke still has presents. Um, yeah. However silly that might seem to other people, he'll he'll still have his presents. Um, like this year, you know, I shouldn't really tell you what he's having because Santa won't be very pleased. <laughs> but like this year, um, it, it it may seem silly to somebody else, but Luke will have a, a bottle of whiskey um, and uh, she'll take some little plastic tops and that'll go down where he's got a tree um, yeah. on Lord Stafford's land where the accident actually happened. Um, and that'll be hanging on his fence around his tree. And when his friends go past, they can stop and they can go and have a top with him. And they can have a, you know, have a natter with him at the tree. Um, and like I say, that may f- seem silly to somebody else. But to me, he still has his Christmas present. Um, it doesn't and that's seem, what we do. Yeah, it doesn't seem silly at all, Carol. And it's all about coping strategies, isn't it? It's all about finding what yes. what works. Um, and I think I think that's a lovely thing thing to do uh, yeah absolutely do that's just my way of um or our way as a family of dealing with it you know that that's that's what we do i think one of the hardest things as well that that we sort of um found was that you haven't had that time to say what you wanted to say or to say goodbye if you know what i mean it was you know you just get that like what did i say in the last conversation to him and did i say i love you and it you know those kinds of things. It's um, it's it's no less than anybody else's loss or grief. But like I say, I tend to go through those things. You know where I think if did us what did I say last time I spoke to him and those things like that. But like you say that just with time, you come to um, not sort of be so critical about your last conversation and things like that. And uh, yeah. And just deal with it. Yeah. I think that Luke would have known from a from the second he was born how much he was loved. Just chatting to you for the last hour. And I don't think you need to worry about what was said in those last moments because he would have known all his life. That would have been endorsed and reinforced all his life, I think. Because um, that's how it was with Joe. Thank you. And if there is somebody out there who's a parent, tell your kids you love them every day. Tell them every day. That's what I say, you know, because then... If this, if the worst ever happens, they will, they will always. Yes, know. yeah. I mean, we always done that, and we always do. Even if the boys were out and they were working, and they were in the middle of town, and I saw them, I'd still tell them I loved them, and they'd still tell me they love me. And it doesn't matter, however big they are, whatever job they do, or anything else. We, we still now every single day we, we see each other or we speak to each other at the moment, unfortunately due to lockdown, um, but we still tell each other that we love each other. Always have done every morning and every day, always will do. Oh, and I think that's a lovely 
place to end the podcast. Carol, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, that's been really enlightening. Thank you. All right. Thanks ever so much, Craig. Take care.